Check, check, one, two. All opinions expressed are those of the Front Row Show and do not reflect those of Utah State, Utah State Athletics, or any of its affiliates. Podcast. A podcast. A podcast. The original. The original. The original Utah State Aggies podcast. For the fans, by fans. I'm Jeff Brownie. I'm Matt Sonnenberg. I'm Trevor Weller. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Lance Rasmussen. I'm Steve Schwartzman. And I am Josh McDonald. And this. And this. this and this. And this. And this is the Front Row Show. Welcome, everyone, to the seventh season of the Front Row Show. I am your host, Jeff Browning. Joining me tonight is Trevor Weller. Trevor, how is it going? It's going well. I'm uh, glad we can be back. (laughs) Seventh season of the Front Row Show. We have talked a lot of football in our time on this podcast. And boy, do we have a good one to talk about tonight. Uh, First, I want to mention, though, everybody, make sure you're subscribing to our iTunes feed as well as Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, all those different options out there for your podcasting. Make sure you're subscribing, making us part of your routine, whatever that happens to be. So Trevor, I, I'm going to I'm gonna set the stage for you. So the other night I was listening to the game on the radio because I didn't have the TV to watch it and I'm like postulated on the ground praying <laughs> That Utah State is able to pull this game off against Michigan State, much like I was six, seven years earlier when we were playing Wisconsin. Yeah. Neither time, like the football gods came through for me, so they must hate me. So I, I apologize. But this time, it felt different than than at Wisconsin, with Utah State losing to Michigan State, thirty-eight to thirty-one. Why was this game different, Trevor? Why did it feel different? It just it. It just is to me. It just it feels yeah. different. Well, I mean, we've had so many of these close call games, uh, you know, opening our seasons against big Power Five conference teams, and we play them really tight most of the time. We get up for it. We're well prepared. We've had all summer to really focus on this one game, and we always seem to do well, just not quite good enough. But I think yeah. the big thing, if you look at this game, the, the one I would compare the most to is the Auburn game, um, which was kind of the same thing of we came out and punched them in the mouth really early on. It wasn't just like a battle in the trenches. You know, we went out and we went and scored right away. Um, we had yeah. a commanding presence on the field. We didn't take up a whole lot of time off the clock. We just went and went straight down the field and scored. And that's pretty much how we opened the Auburn game as well, where it's suddenly like, oh, hey, these guys really came to play. And they're actually a good team. And while our season didn't end that well that year, um, we still did better than any of us ever imagined uh, rebuilding with Gary at that time. And I think it's kind of the same feeling coming off these last couple of mediocre seasons and, you know, having all this time under Matt Wells now, it feels kind of like a new rebuilding. And we came out and kind of smashed him right in the mouth and the same thing kind of happened while we led most of the game against Michigan State. Um, and even at the very end, you know, five, what was it, five minutes and five seconds, we go up on them by a, yeah. a point and, you know, we're in control. And then, of course, it's that last little bit that we're not able to get it done. Um, and you compare that to the Wisconsin game. Wisconsin game came down to a field goal. <laughs> as being our undoing. And this time I, I was just praying that that actually happened because I feel like Eberly is probably the best kicker in our program's history. Um, I think he very well might be. It's his, true. He might be accolades from last year are enough to like show that, you know, and I wish that it could have come down to that. Cause it would have been, it, I, I think that he would have, he he would have made things right from how last season ended with the bowl game. But yeah, I think so. You know, kind of cleanse the palate a little bit. But at the same time, you know, it's it's one of those losses where it hurts because we, it, you know, slipped through our fingers, but it never felt like we were down or out. Um, the entire yeah. game, we felt like we were in it. We were meant to be there. 
and we played them to the very end. And I, I think if you were to ask Michigan State players that they would honestly say that they don't want to play us again. Like, yeah, it's one of those games. Don't. I think if you ask Wisconsin players, they'd be like, yeah, that was fine, whatever. Um, I think Michigan State players would, you know, not quite <laughs> have those same feelings. I think we gave them all that they could handle. Um, I think it was more than they expected to open their season, um, especially coming off of an amazing season that they had last year, 10-win season. They were big favorites uh, in the conference this year. You know, I mean... <laughs> uh I don't know they're they're a good team and I, I it was nice to see us handle our own I just wish that you know a couple little things go slightly differently go a little bit more our way and we pull off the win I think the other big thing with it is this wasn't something that it was like big undoings that last drive was not flawless by any means we started off with two penalties and then there was you know after a little bit of momentum tip pass and they intercept it but in a lot of these other big games for us, our undoing has been constant penalties, constant dropped passes, things where it's like, we know we can do it, but we're not getting it done. In this one, it felt yeah. like, you know, we just couldn't push past one of the top five defenses in the country from last year. I believe well, I they thing- finished top five in yeah. rushing defense and like seven in pass defense. They're an I, incredible I agree team. You. So... I think the thing for me that makes this game different from the other games is I felt this was two teams really playing well. I mean, Utah State was playing well. Michigan State was also playing well. So you had two teams going back and forth and back and forth. And it wasn't like Michigan State was playing down to our level so much as we were going toe-to-toe with them. Yeah. And and that's got me really excited for what we're going to talk about with the future of Utah State. But, I mean, if you look at things like – First downs, Utah State had 22 first downs in this game. Michigan State had 23. Uh, You look at the passing yards, Utah State 319 for the game. Michigan State 287. I mean, total yards of offense, Utah State 344 yards of total offense. Against a defense, like you said, that's one of the top 10 defenses in the country, one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. I mean, we're not going to face a better defense all year than what we faced uh this at during at this game yeah i think the the other good comparison game to this is utah uh from a few years back where we opened the season mm-hmm. against them and got the win yeah and that win came down to the very last play um very much the same thing the difference is utah even at that time middle of the pac-12 team big rivalry game but still not the best team and michigan state i mean granted you never know uh, how a team's season's going to play out. You know, when we played Auburn, they were coming off that national championship. Turned out that they weren't quite the same team. I, they had a yeah, huge turnover that year, but they still finished top 25 that year. And, uh, you know, with this Michigan State team, the difference is also that, I mean, they were an incredible team last year. But they, they brought back everybody. They brought back everybody. They lost like one player. One player. Like one starter. And you're talking about people like Scott, the running back, who last year was one of the best, most proficient running backs in the country. If you watch their bowl game where they just steamrolled and it was all behind his running and we bottled oh, yeah. him up for all, the almost the entire first half, we I were mean, able to keep him from making any big runs on us. That's incredible. So yeah, I mean, Michigan State had 165 yards rushing in the whole game, but I mean, that's on 42 attempts. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely you could see part of their game plan to just and this was really encouraging for me going forward is that Michigan State was intent on wearing USU down in the trenches and then busting the game open that way, and you could see it with 42 attempts rushing and. I was actually really encouraged with our line. It's been one of the biggest question marks in this offseason is how is the front seven going to do? And it really reminded me of the front seven of old of Utah State where you had your three down linemen not necessarily making the play, but holding holding the play up. And then you had your linebackers coming in, David Woodward coming in. And, and can we call, can we talk about Tipa time? Like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah, that guy is good. Holy yeah. cow, that guy is good. Um, defense uh, was incredible to see 
because last year we got owned in the middle of the field. Um, there were so many teams that were able to gash us right up the center and on run pass option. And we really contained that until the end of this game. That's when we were having a harder time. We were starting to get gassed. Obviously we don't have the depth of a Michigan state and you could see it flagging at the end where Michigan state was able to run the same pass option play twice in a row. And, and both times it worked for them. And that's, that's hard to watch, but ultimately we were able to bottle up the center of that with our three linemen. And we were bringing a lot of disguised blitz packages, a lot of lateral speed stuff that we saw back in the Anderson era when we had a defensive coordinator that's now arguably the best defensive coordinator in the country and is at LSU. And our defense looked very similar to what we had at that time. Oh, and that defense also uh, back then had how many NFL players on it? So I've counted at least seven to eight guys who were NFL players that were on that defense. So yeah, it's, that's a pretty big thing when you're talking about that level of talent, both in coaching and players um, back when we were so dominant and then we're watching that speed get back up there. And I was honestly really worried this year about our linebacker position. I thought, you know, we've had a couple of, of injuries. Um, we looked a little thin, a little bit small. I didn't quite know how we were going to stack up. Um, you know, this, this roster looks very different than even just a couple of years ago on the defensive side. And I got to say, I was really impressed with our overall look on defense. I I think, you know, we were, we were doing a really good job of confusing a great offense. And when you have that going on and it's not by accident, it's not like and an an experienced offense as well. I mean, we talked about that earlier, but that just can't be, I think, overstated in in this game, how an experienced of a team Michigan State is. And for Utah State to be able to disguise their blitz packages and really throw a wrench in their game plan. Again, I'm just sitting here going, oh, yeah, like we, we may be onto something. I know it's one game, but to be that effective against that type of offense with that type of experience just yeah. it just bodes really, really well for USU going forward. Uh, I mean, yeah, very good. David Woodward, I mean, 16 total tackles, two solo tackles. Uh, that's incredible. Um, that's honestly a lot more than I expected to see, um, especially in a game like this. You, you almost expect for us to kind of look bad on defense. And, and honestly, I think we looked a little bit better on defense than Michigan State. Um, and then Bond came out of nowhere. I did not Jack know what Bond. To, <laughs> I did not know what to think about him. Um, I'm obviously not in Logan anymore. Haven't been able to see any of the camps, any of the here's the here's the thing. You you can't say his name, Shaq Bond. It has to be just one Shaq Bond. It has to be quick. And, <laughs> he he plays on my all name team, and absolutely. he he killed it. He killed it. So that's really good to see as, as well as uh, John trail Rockamore um, absolutely destroyed. It's I, I was really worried about the middle of our field. And mm. now like the, the question to me is, are we going to be able to run all season long in, you know, one-on-one matchups with the corners? But other than that, I'm feeling really, really good about our defense. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about offense because I was blown away, shocked by USU's offensive output against Michigan State. Again, a team well, that lost I mean, practically nobody on defense again. Yeah. And there we were, marching the ball, opening drive, touchdown. There we were in the fourth quarter, marching the ball, touchdown. In in fact, I don't think we got shut out. I think we scored in every single quarter in this game, which is good for me. That's that's impressive. Yeah. I like well, that. But you just look at last season and third quarter was our undoing on offense. Oh Almost my every gosh. third quarter was flat and for a many of the games, no points, maybe a field goal. And yeah. that was our most productive quarter, 10 points um, yeah. against a very good team. That's great to see. And I thought Are that... We, our- uh, are we are we hyping Jordan Love the same way we were hyping <laughs> a Chucky Keaton in 2012? I, I feel there's a comparison there to be made between the two. 
I mean, not in terms of their style, but just in terms of the excitement they're bringing to this program. Because I tell you what, Jordan Love was being talked about not only by USU fans, but by the Big Ten punditry and ESPN, you know, people all across college football. Like Jordan Love was getting a lot of attention and turning a lot of heads with his performance the other night. Uh, Love is awesome. Um, it's amazing to see how well he has matured since he first got here. Um, he's put on a whole bunch of weight. I think they, and they talked about the game that he went from like 185 to 225 over the last year and a half. That's awesome to see him put on that muscle. And it's, it, I mean, he, he still looks stacked. He's just bigger and more commanding back there. He definitely has a presence like Chucky, um, where he seems to command the field really really well um that i mean i i liked myers uh i wish that he had had more output while he was here but the one Mm -hmm. thing that i didn't like is he always looked a little too cool back there where it it was almost like he was disinterested in the game and it almost slowed things down a little bit and then you watch jordan love he has a great energy great presence he really like he feels the pocket. It seems like I, I think the biggest thing with him is that he likes to step forward where Chucky would step laterally and scramble. I think that we're going to watch Jordan love run a lot against teams that are faster on the sides, but not as stout in the center. Um, but for this game, he, he was really well composed and man, he has a rifle of an arm and not just oh, on deep just- passes, it's it's being able to catch Dax Raymond on a crossing route <laughs> right over his shoulder and and get that in there in between, you know, double triple coverage in the center of the field. That's incredible to watch and he did it a number of times. I mean, Dax Raymond had what seven receptions and yeah. I think five of those were pretty much the same crossing route where he's hitting him in stride right over the shoulder and he's able to just, you know, keep that momentum going, take it to another level. So that's it, awesome. His motion and the way he throws the ball, the way he delivers it, it's just, it's gold. It's it's a thing of beauty, and it just it gets you excited. But I mean, you were you were talking about Dax Raymond with seven receptions, but we had ten different players with a oh, reception, yeah. seven players with at least three, and then obviously Dax with seven. It was nice to see USU use their weapons in a way that that spreads the ball around. Because I tell you what, you're going to go to Boise in November or you're going to go to Laramie, or, or where, wherever you're going to go, and if those defenses are not able to key on just one person, then that makes for a very dangerous offense, which I think is what Utah State is is going to bring to the table this year. And Dax Raymond is just... I, I tweeted this out. The world is a better place when Dax Raymond gets <laughs> the ball, okay? He oh, just, for sure. He brings world peace. He solves hunger. He just does everything. He is such a good, good tight end. And in fact, I'll say this right now. If he has the type of season he's capable of having, I don't think we see him in Logan next year. I think he's gone because I think I, he's that good. <laughs> he definitely has that upside. We, we will see how the season progresses. I love that he's getting the touches he deserves. That's the one. Yes. I think if you were to look at last year, and the majority of fans gripes about the way we played the three biggest things would probably be not throwing to tight ends uh not <laughs> spreading the ball out and not converting third downs and and probably the biggest thing is actually on on my time hop I saw a tweet from the Wisconsin game come up and I was complaining about the fact that the reason Wisconsin uh, always converts their third downs against us. And the reason we weren't converting is they throw every third down pass past the sticks. Mm-hmm. And we would always throw it five yards and get tackled right in front of the sticks and bring it up, you know, fourth and two, which is ridiculous. And seeing our new offensive plan, the way we were doing it with that fast tempo, and we did spread the ball out, got it to our tight ends, and we threw it down the field. It wasn't lateral passes behind the line of scrimmage. We had a couple, you know, a couple screen passes. Um, I don't know if I recall seeing a bubble screen at all. Uh, we had no the to one the bubble reverse. screen. Did not make an appearance. <laughs> yeah, we, Very we had the one reverse this. that got blown up, but I think that play could work against other teams. 
And for the most part, you know, if we were throwing, it was going down the field and it was going down, you know, even those, those, you know, shorter routes where we were killing them over the center, they weren't, you know, a a three yard gain. They were five, six yard gains. And that's, you know, keeping those sticks moving, not just, you know, taking three downs to get there, but moving to a first down on first or second down. Um, That kind of speed is yeah. what wears out defenses because they're not able to just sit there in that same spot in the field. Well, and and I, I like the ability be. to use all aspects of the field. Yeah. You know, with, with previous quarterbacks, it was either we were throwing behind the sticks, which I never understood. I, I don't get that, that my mind can't comprehend why you would do that in your passing game, but we would either do that or throw a deep ball. And so defenses yep. didn't have to respect the middle part of the field they didn't have to respect the short throw or the intermediate throw and and you could see defenses just load the box and then that really nullified our running game but when you have a quarterback like Jordan Love that can throw a ball like he does it opens up the field just immeasurably and I think you look at Darwin Thompson in this game and, and the stats won't show that USU was effective running but we scored two touchdowns off off of runs and yeah. I think he looked good. And I, I think going into the Mountain West season and against lesser opponents, I think he's going to find some gaps. And I think he's in for a big year. He looked he looked every bit as good as advertised, I thought, even though he only yeah. had, you know, 25 yards or whatever it was. It wasn't very much, but yeah. he looked impressive. And I, I think he's going to be a huge weapon for this Utah, Utah State offense. Um, the running game, I'm still, you know, we got to see it develop. Um, it's hard when you're going against, you know, a top five rushing D <laughs> returning everybody and they're able to win those individual battles in the, in the trenches I'll, where the gaps just don't open up. Darwin Thompson, from all accounts I saw, had a monster camp, um, his measurables in the weight room and stuff. He was, were enormous they were they were saying he was squatting more than pretty much any other player and i mean he's he's a stout back he's he's not a really big back but he's stout and has that power and there were a couple of runs where he drug two three guys you know every yard he earned was a hard run and he was able to get it um you know and el toro allen was kind of the same way we didn't see enough to like feel like you know we're gonna bowl people over this year on the ground game but we're also talking about you know the defense we're going up against you know when our longest rush is jordan of going nine yards um that's you know hard to talk about our rushing game too much but i think that there's an upside there we just have to see where it goes from here um, looking at our, our offensive line i thought we held up really really well i think over the season um, especially against most of the Mountain West Conference schedule, we're going to watch you know, plenty of times where we're going to be able to grind out yards on the ground. Um, but I also don't know how much of our game plan is based around that. I think that's something to, you know, just to keep defenses kind of unbalanced, um, forcing them to respect us hitting them on the ground. That way they can't just key in on our receivers. They can't run big zone defenses. They have to still respect that run a little bit. Um, And I think that we're going to watch, you know, these guys break a few long runs the second that a defense slips up and is trying too hard to stop Jordan Love through the air. Here's the thing. That's where we're going to see those gashes. We here at the Front Row Show are known to be a little overzealous with our predictions. So <laughs> does this type of result have you thinking Mountain West Championship for Utah State? Um, You know, I, I'm tempering my expectations no, a little no bit. No Trevor, no tempering. I, I, I'm going to say it's going to come down to that game against Boise. And if anyone watched how Boise played this week, it's going to be a big ask. You know, they're not going to be a gimme by any amount. Um but I think that the media picking us fourth in the mountain is stupid. <laughs> and I think that that's going to bite them hard now that we saw you. how CSU, I mean CSU got destroyed. They don't and look they very look good. They look like garbage. Which um, I'm fine with. I think Wyoming's better 
this year. I think that we're still going to have a tough outing against Air Force, like always, mm. because they just smash you so much in the face with that that run option. And, you know, I think we're we're going to have a struggle with them. But hopefully I, I could see us coming down to, you know, the fourth quarter against Boise yeah. to determine who's going to go to the Mountain West Championship game. And if you look at the uh, West Division, I, I think that there's a good possibility if we get there that we can win. Um, there, There's nothing. I think there's so much parity in this conference, though. There's nothing that you can't ever pin your hat to it. We looked good in week one. Other teams look bad. We'll see how we look in week seven. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, I was going to say, to me, this performance, season. as good as it is, you know, and Utah State fans can take a lot of stock from it, this type of performance means nothing if USU, you know, loses to Wyoming and struggles against New Mexico and loses to Boise. I mean, this type of performance only means something when it can propel you to bigger and better things. And I think it can. I think this USU team is good enough. I think they have a chip on their shoulder. And if the team that showed up in East Lansing this past week shows up in Boise or in Laramie, I'm not going to say we're walking out of there with a win, but I will say I like our chances and I I think we'll do very well. But let's talk about this week's opponent moving on. Uh, New Mexico State comes to Logan. Uh, They suck. Don't know how else to put it. Uh, they're not good. They suck. So yeah. they've lost to Wyoming already, twenty nine to seven, and then they got thumped by Minnesota, forty eight to ten. And uh, they beat us last year in the bowl game, and I'm not a fan of theirs. And I hope we beat them like a drum. Yeah, it's uh, hard not to want to just destroy them this year. Um, oh, I do. I- <laughs> I'm I'm fully happy if we run them out by f- five touchdowns. In fact, let's do it. Let's I, do it, guys. <laughs> I find our loss in the bowl game was a little bit embarrassing last year. I it was you know, embarrassing. It, it's not because no, I seriously. Don't res- like let's USU and New Mexico State. Like I know we should play the humble card and like we're you know we should never put any team down. Blah 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 blah. No, that game last year was an absolute embarrassment that we let that team hang with us. And I think it was just really a byproduct of them being excited to be in a bowl game for the first time in forever and us just kind of concluding the season. But it, it yeah, doesn't excuse I, that I type of performance. It was terrible on our part. And our you know, all-American and kicker missing four field goals. I understand he was sick, but still. It was just guy, one of those games that you just put your hands on your head and go, this is ridiculous. Like we're, I, I we're think there was so much better there. than this. And um, I, I hope I hope this coming week that they just, like I said, beat them like a drum because last year showed shouldn't show that our programs are anywhere near the same level. I mean, if you like, go by, not, the, I'm not uh, trying to be rude, but it's true. Yeah. We're our programs are not near the same level. So I want to put all that talk to rest this this upcoming week. Yeah. I mean, if you go by the predictors, we have a 95 percent chance of winning. I think that that's you know, pretty much right on the money. It has taken New Mexico state two games, uh, to be able to put up essentially the same stats as what we did against Michigan state. Granted, Minnesota is a very good team, but they're not a top 25 team. And, you know, 48 to 10, we were able to put up 38 points on Michigan. So I, I don't think we'll have too much trouble putting up points against New Mexico. But I also think that, I think that the Red Aggies always have a chip on their shoulder playing against Mountain West teams. Um, I think that they'll have learned a lot over their first two weeks and they're going to come out and fight us for everything. Um, Now, it's my birthday next week and I'm going to be very sad (laughs) if on my birthday I'm, I'm getting drunk because we lost and not because we won. So... Uh, I, I'm gonna chalk this up as a win preemptively. Um, I would think so. I'm very confident in that, and you know it, it, it'll be a good tune-up game for us. I, I see it, you know, no worse than any Weber State team or Southern Utah team we've played. Um, I agree with that. 
So I mean, we'll, plus we'll I mean, it's the first home game of the year. Students are in town, everything like that. Like this should be a celebration game for this also, Utah State program. Did you see the pictures and stuff? The watch party on the quad. Oh, that was fantastic. That the herd put on. Uh, I was impressed seeing that turnout, having people stick around. That's an awesome idea for big road games. I hope that they keep that up. I know it's it's probably not cheap, but you know, being able to keep that fan interest, especially when we have two, three weeks where we don't have home games, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be key. And I was I was super happy to see that being done. Um, yeah, I think fan turnout's going to be nice. Uh, I know it's going to be down a little bit because of last year. Um, just like it, last year, it was down from the year before. But I, I think that the Michigan State game helped re-energize people. Um, so we'll see. I, I think it'll be a fun game. Yeah, I do too. And it will be even funner because... Never mind. I was going to say something bad. I shouldn't say. shouldn't make predictions on air. But yes, it should be a very, very <laughs> fun game. We have a couple questions that have floated in to end this episode. Awesome. Ah, always good to hear from the fans. You are what keeps this going. And may I say as a side note, I was talking, I told Trevor this before the show, but it has always impressed me how when we go away for a break or, you know, it's the off season, I still get the messages saying, where are you guys? I, I need my front row show. We're here. We're here to serve. So let's start off with Ogden Aggie. Always a good friend of the program, tweets us. And he says, what is the biggest surprise from the near win over the Spartans? And then what areas need work for Aggies to legitimately contend for the Mountain West title? What um, was your biggest surprise from the Michigan State game? Biggest surprise and my most pleasant surprise was third down conversion rate. Last yes. year, we were abysmal at third downs. Um, just not a very good, <laughs> not very good, especially if we are a little bit behind the chains and against Michigan state, uh, seven I, for I 13, we seven for 13. Yep. Perfect. That's, you know, it, I, I want to see it grow a little bit, but what was Michigan state? Uh, so 11 for 17, you know, not, not too bad. They were a little bit more efficient. That's about where I'd like to see our numbers, but you know, Honestly, above 50% is always a good thing. I think last year we spent our time around 30%, which is no good. Yeah, I think the other thing that stood out for me from the Michigan State game, red zone scoring chances, we were three for three. Oh, yeah. You know, every time we were in the red zone, we scored. And I, I just think that's huge. Again, looking ahead to games in Boise or in Laramie or down in Provo, you, you know, if if you can always count on points in the red zone, obviously you want six, but if you can only count on points, that really, really helps your game planning and your offense. You know, so well, I, 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 that was one thing that stood out to me, but there, I mean, there was a lot of surprises for the Michigan State game, I think. Yeah. I'm not well, sure anyone up, expected that. We put up 31 points against them. That's the most we've put up against a Power Five conference team since. Quite a while. Uh, the overtime against Utah, maybe. Yeah. Pro- uh, something like that. I mean, it's just unusual for us to be able to put up that kind of stuff. I hope we still see this offense be that productive. The hurry up offense looked really good. That actually, that's probably if I had a second choice for surprises, watching our players march down the field and not get gassed. When you're watching your your receivers still running through deep routes. And being able to do that at a hurry-up offense pace, running back after every single one, and come off the field looking less gassed than the defense, that's awesome to see. I think our our conditioning is incredible at this rate, and uh, that that really impressed me that we were able to go at that speed and look good doing it. Any areas that need to improve for USU to contend for the Mountain West? Rushing. Um, I, I think that we'll yeah. see that improve. It's hard to say. You're, I mean, you're talking about a really stout defense that we went against. Um, but if we want to compete in the conference, we have to be able to. There's going to be games like that Wyoming game a few years ago where it's like a 25-mile-an-hour gale force wins the entire time where we're going to be keeping it on the ground. Um, we're going to be... You know, we're going we're gonna to have to get it done on the ground sometimes. And I yeah. want to see that to be not just something that's an option. I want to be able to see a game where we can win effectively 
by only running the ball. Um, where we can depend on that. I think uh, from, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think it's there. It's just what I want to see before I'm going to start, you know, praising everything. I think for entirely. me, and, th- and this was, this may be a minor thing, but it kind of stood out in this game. I think punting needs to improve. I mean, I know Aaron Dalton is out with an injury. We're not at this time of recording. We're not sure specifically what it is or for how Ooh. long. Last um, I heard, it's he just had back surgery and he's probably out for the full season. Okay, so that that puts the onus on Taylor Hensey to really yeah. step in and, and perform punting. I mean, we had three punts for a total of ninety-seven yards, an average of thirty-two point three yards per punt. I mean, it's not that's not really that great. We had Though, zero punts inside the twenty, and he, I, he's young, and and that's the one young. thing where you see you know having a, a very consistent punter like Dalton who has been great for us the his last two years right yeah um that's where you kind of see where it goes back to when you have a younger guy in there because he had the leg behind it a lot of times the problem is when we're punting from our 46 he's dropping it in the end zone instead of on the five and that's yeah. what we need to see I yeah. I don't think that they had big um kick returns um, not that I can remember no. doing, and I could look it up real quick, but yeah, it, I, it just doesn't, yeah, no punt it, returns. It, yeah. So it's just, it was really it's just one of those things though, where yeah. again, in these games that decide conference championships, if you can pin your opponent back it, near its own end zone, if you can pin them in, you know, in the 10 or further back, then that's just such a huge weapon and such a huge advantage. And you know, you give Utah State's defense that ability to use those exotic blitzes it, because that the other team is pinned back. That's just such a weapon. And so, I mean, I'm kind of nitpicking on that. And I, I think he will improve if he is going to be the punter going forward because he'll get the reps, you know. But it's just one of those things that it's all three facets of the game that decide championships, folks. It's the offense, it's the defense, and the special teams. And I've said for years that what has made those Boise State teams so good or what made Utah so good, you know, when they were in the Mountain West is because they were good in all three phases of the game. And so that that's something that I, I think could really help USU or even hurt it later on down the line. Johnny Floyd has a question for us of the brothers Floyd. He says, rank the – this is a mean question, Johnny – just FYI, he says, rank the almost upsets by amount of emotional damage inflicted. And he lists 2010 Oklahoma, 2011 Auburn, 2012 Wisconsin. Again, this is mean. 2013 USC or 2017 Michigan State. So, Trevor, which one hurt the most? <laughs> hurt the most? Oh, I don't know. With Oklahoma, do I, like, do you we want me to answer this because I know my answer? No, well, I I got to talk <laughs> through it a little bit because Oklahoma okay. was like we were just so happy to be there. You know, looking yeah. good was that was the first time in a good. while we looked good. No, but we we at least we were there. And coming off of thirty years of not even being there, that was awesome. Um, Auburn was amazing. And such a surprise, it didn't hurt at all to me. I was living in Alaska at the time. Uh, just being able to watch the game was, you know, hashtag blessed because I couldn't see any games up there. And so that was awesome. It didn't hurt too bad. I'm going to say the Wisconsin game hurt the most. Um, one, because it was so close, <laughs> right down to the last kick. And two, because the way we played impressed Wisconsin enough to offer Gary a job. And I would have liked to see what he did with one more season. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put the Michigan game, you know, less painful than the Auburn game for me. Um, just because I was impressed to see how we, how much everything changed from last year to this year. The Utah game would probably be, be number two on my list for painful mm, yeah oh, that's yeah, just because yeah. it's utah <coughs> i think that i think that's gonna be kind of the way i go i don't know how those okay. shook out but that's yeah 
something th- like that. I think for me, if I'm looking at his question, uh, if I'm going from last to first, 2010 Oklahoma for me is last. Just like you said, we were happy to be there. Oklahoma really didn't play all that great. And it was just, I don't know. I was just happy to be there. At the moment, 2013 USC, that wasn't a great USC team. And maybe that should hurt more because that really was an excellent opportunity. But it just kind of felt like we were, like it was never ours to win in a lot of ways. It just kind of felt like, again, we were there. Um, Actually, that, you know what? I, I want to say that one was probably my my most painful. Really? And only because I thought we should play get better against a team like that, and we mm. just didn't at all. Um, it was similar to the USC game in basketball, where we just looked outmatched from the time we got off the bus, and sure. we shouldn't have. Okay, I will yeah. put I will put Michigan State this Michigan State game third, just because this is this is such an opportunity. I mean, yeah. I mean, we gushed about this game. But this is such an opportunity. I mean, when you're up on the number 11th team in the country with under five to go in their house, and you you let them score, and you and you don't uh, you don't capitalize. I mean, it was a brilliant play their linebacker made on that tip and interception. It's just a brilliant play, and I take yeah. I take nothing away from them. But gosh, that hurts because that was just such a opportunity when the whole college football world was talking about it and we weren't we were unable to get it done that hurts um i'm gonna go 2011 auburn second and i'm trying to remember my my emotions my pain in in that game i i think i think i wasn't sure on how good that team was you know i kind of felt it was kind of like the oklahoma game the previous season where you know, we were happy to be there and, and we played really well, but I wasn't sure that that team was very good going forward after yeah. that game. And it kind of proved out. I mean, they really struggled until the Hawaii game and then the Hawaii game took off, you know, and, and we know how that turns out. But, you know, even after Auburn, it didn't really it didn't do much for us, although it was extremely painful. I mean, Auburn's coming off their national championship. It's in SEC country. I mean, just all those factors and we should have won that game. I mean, <laughs> we're up 10 with four minutes left. I mean, how, how do you blow it? And we found a way to blow it. It was definitely painful. But for me, <laughs> I hate you, Johnny Floyd. I just I hate you right now for making me relive this moment in my mind. 2012 Wisconsin, to me, is the most painful game I have ever experienced as an Aggie fan. Just because I knew that team was good. I knew that team going into Wisconsin. If they beat Wisconsin, they were running the table. Like, I knew it. I mean, they were yeah. going to go undefeated. And it, it very, it came so, so close. And to have it on your foot of your kicker to win it. And I hate Josh Thompson. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right. I, I hate him for what, he, for what he's done to me. The nightmares he's put me through. Uh, I, I hate him. <laughs> I hate the Thompson day because the of that. Worst, that kick, the worst and I remember being a kicker is um, that hate. <laughs> I, like I said at the start of the show, I remember like being prostrated on the ground, just in full praying, because I mean it's on the foot of your kicker. All he has to do is make his field. You have one job to do, Thompson. It's on his foot, and he just and I just remember listening to Al Lewis with the call in my ears. That he had missed it, and I just broke down and just was a crushed, destroyed individual laying in my front yard, just unable to cry because I was so broken and shattered emotionally. So thank you, Josh Thompson, and thank you, Johnny Floyd, for bringing that up. Such wonderful memories. That Wisconsin game just just hurts, and it hurts because everything that was implicated in it, I mean... They win that game. I'm convinced they run the table. They go to a BCS Bowl. They play Florida State. They do all those things. And that game meant so, so much. And I knew that team was good. And I think that's the thing that really, really hurts is I knew that that was a good, borderline great Aggie team with the potential to do something incredible because they had already beaten Utah. You know, we we had already seen it. We knew they were capable of, of that and just... 
And if yep. you ask the if you ask the guys on the team that were on 2011 or 2012, I think they'd say 2012 too, just because of the implications of what that game meant going forward. But that was just an incredibly crushing, painful defeat, and we had to relive it tonight because of Johnny Floyd. I hate you, Johnny Floyd. <laughs> Dare you? You, you know, and, that that one was definitely painful. Um, it it sucks to see an entire team do everything right to get the win, and then lose. Yeah. I mean, they had everything. They they got themselves in scoring position. Time management was good. We still were able to get to the point to have a kick. You know, like realistically, everything was perfect with yeah. that Yeah, game. I, I mean, and like but like I said, to you me... You live by the kicker, you die uh, by the kicker. See, to me, if we win we Auburn scored. in 2011, I'm not sure that that changes that season all that much, other than it gives us another win. I think yeah. the season goes relatively the same, but if we had beat Wisconsin 2012... I think that changes that season exponentially. And I think that puts us in a BCS game on the national stage. I don't know if it does, though. I still <sighs> think we would have. I mean, look at BYU. We still lost that game. Screw BYU. Because of um, Thompson. I don't. <laughs> because of the stupid kicker. <laughs> hey, they missed two kicks as well in that game. If I remember correctly, <laughs> I think I think they hit hit two and we hit one and both of us kicked like five times or something stupid it's like that i could probably maddening. look it up but you know but even with that one loss though i mean northern illinois they had a loss and they were the the team that went to i i just think if, if utah state has wins against power five school utah and power five school wisconsin who ended up going to the rose bowl that year yeah. i just i just think that that's enough, even with the BYU loss. Now, you're right. I mean, still losing to BYU and Provo, that could have that could have changed things. But, you know, it's one of those things you look back and you just go, oh, what if, what if. But if, I mean, if we had Eberly instead of Josh Thompson at that time, we win both games. It's true. Done. But, you know, if we... There's so many ifs and what ifs and Ooh. whatevers. It doesn't matter. Um, Le- that one late, was extremely painful. Late question <laughs> coming in on the Twitter as we're recording right now. Oh, nice. D-Train asks us, besides Boise State, which remaining game are you most worried about? Ooh. Um, I will I will throw either out either Wyoming or Air Force. We struggled really? with both those teams. Wyoming has a really good defense. It's in Laramie. And Air Force, for whatever reason, just seems to give us a very, very difficult time. So either of those games worries me a, a lot going forward if we're not going to count Boise. Um, I, I'm going to say that it's either Wyoming or BYU. Okay. Air Force always gives us a hard time, but I think that we, we will be able to get the win. Wyoming can I give a, can I give a shout out to Hawaii? Hawaii looks good. <sighs> Hawaii does look good. And which, we're in Hawaii. So that may yeah. be another one of those games that could be worrisome. Though, I, I mean, I, I feel like we do better on the island than off the island. That's kind of true. Is that just me? Like, I feel like every time Hawaii comes to town, the weather's crappy and they play a lot tougher. And when we're there, it's a beach vacation and we play better. So... Maybe maybe I'm just the the maybe it's just because of the comeback win at Hawaii the one time, but it feels that way to me. Hawaii is much improved. We will see where they go from this, but I mean they put up what fifty something yeah. points against Navy, and then they killed CSU by two scores. I'm but they still I'm in their two games they've given up like seventy something points. I think they gave up thirty something to CSU and forty to Navy or something like that. That's not much defense because <laughs> CSU doesn't look offensively that good. I agree. So, um, but BYU, I, I was, you know, kind of thinking they're going to have a hard year again this year. And then they just dismantled Arizona. So that worries me. I mean, I say dismantled. What I really mean is they were able to run all day and all night on Arizona. And... That worries me a little bit. But Arizona's not a great team, so we will see. Um, but uh, yeah, Wyoming and BYU, I think, are going to be our toughest two of the remaining games. 
All right, Trevor, last words, any final thoughts as we sign off tonight? Um, no, I mean, people need to go to the games. I say that knowing full well that because of my work schedule and living, you know, two and a half hours away, I probably only get to a couple this year, but I want to be able to see our stadium full. And I think our team deserves it if they keep up this winning. And by winning, I mean if they win because they lost. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to go with ditto on that. I'm with you. It's football season. Let's go to the stadium. Let's let's fill it. Let's enjoy this time of year. So that's oh, going to end it. should tailgate too. Oh, yes, they should. our tailgating is so sad. Like, yes, people. I mean, I, I've seen that. people... I've seen people tailgate high school games in the middle of central Utah better than we show up to the Aggie games. So we, we need to, we need to improve that. People need to get their little, you know, yeah, get out acceptable. there with your foreman grill on your tailgate of your minivan and uh, get the root beers iced down and go have some fun. However you do it is fine. Just make sure you're, make sure you're there for the front row show. I am Jeff Browning and I'm Trevor Weller. Go, go Aggies. Aggies.